Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Erin Lindstrom shares, as she puts it, a love story about divorce. Has anyone ever been to a shotgun wedding? No, okay, just me, and it was mine. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Um, so three and a half years ago, I got married in Forsyth Park in Savannah, Georgia, on a beautiful Tuesday morning at 10 a.m., and we stood in front of a fountain with two of my best friends, the guy I was marrying, a photographer and officiant, and we stood there and repeated the words after him, as you do when you say vows. But the truth is, I had already said different vows, and they didn't mean anything to me. But we're going to go back in time for a moment to two months earlier. That's right, two months when we started dating. Um, In college, my best friend, Lindsay, her dad had a house in Maine with all of his fraternity brothers. And we would go up there twice a year to go skiing or to do outdoorsy, summery things. And this was the summer of 2012, and I had just moved back to Boston from Austin. And we drove up. And we stopped and got enough beer for, like, a third-world country, just everything. Um, And we went up and we got to the house, and everyone ran to their rooms because it was very much like the real world where you had to run and claim a bed so you didn't end up with a top bunk because nobody wants a top bunk. The last car got there at about 9.45, and at this point, the rest of us had been there for a few hours. And I was standing at the kitchen counter with Lindsay, and we were drinking French 75s in solo cups because we're classy but not too classy. And uh, the car, you can hear the doors close, and they come to the door, and our friends Cassie and Mike walk in, and this guy, Chris Lindstrom, walks in. And I look at Lindsay, (laughs) take a sip of my French 75, and go, damn, Lindstrom looks good. And she looks back at me and sort of looks him ups and down and goes, "Mm mm-hmm, go for it. And I did. (laughs) And it didn't disappoint. (laughs) but we'll get to that so we leave Maine we come back to Boston and Chris and I immediately start dating our friends I find out later like started a pool um, and all had placed bets on to how long it would be until we were engaged because there was just like a spark and everyone could see it our dating was kind of weird because I was nannying at the time and I actually lived with the family I was nannying for and they took (laughs) This was an interesting family. So it was the parents and four kids, and they took their oldest son with them to Hawaii and left me home with the three youngest because no one wants to go on vacation with toddlers, let's be real. So I stayed with them, and Chris was like the champion of the world and dated me with my three fake kids. (laughs) We would go on dates like to the petting zoo, and we had a picnic in the park, and one day I went to his hometown, and we took them to this magical farm there, and then we went to a playground, and... Chris had no qualms about climbing to the top of the jungle gym and pushing them on the swings and picking up the baby when he started crying. And I was like, oh, my God, this is how everyone should date (laughs) because (laughs) you get to, like, peek into what your life could be, right? And if you want kids, it's kind of good to see how the person you're dating would handle that. So my uterus was like, oh, my God, yes. (laughs) But really, and so I actually said that to him as we were pushing on the swings. I was like, you know, more people should date like this. Like, there's probably a business idea somewhere in here, you know, renting kids. And (laughs) he he was like, yeah, totally, whatever. Um, And you know how sometimes you say something and, like, the universe, like, hears you and 
throws it back in your face. <laughs> so the very next day, I found out I was pregnant. It's okay. We can be happy. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> no, but I felt the same way. Um, <laughs> but luckily for me, in a twisted, weird thing, um, I had an appointment that next morning at Planned Parenthood um, to get birth control slightly too late. But I went to my appointment anyway. Um, they confirmed my pregnancy because I wasn't sure that the five tests that all said positive were right. <laughs> you just can't be sure until you have an ultrasound. So, <laughs> so we did that, and I got my ultrasound, and uh, I left Planned Parenthood that day and got in the family car of the family I was nannying for and texted Chris and was like, coming over. So I drove to his house with my heart pounding and palms sweating, and um, when I got there, I got out of the car and went to his door and, like, thought my heart was going to pound out of its chest, but luckily it didn't. And he came to the door and was wearing, well, he was wearing clothes, but he was also wearing a guitar. I was just, like, strumming, being laid back and chill, and I was not chill. (laughs) And um, he led me through his house, and we went out back, and he sort of, like, perched himself up. Um, We were on a deck, and so he was on the railing, and I was sitting at the table. And I'm sitting there... I think if you looked at my chest at that moment, like my heart, it was going to come out. You could see it. You could see it coming through my skin. And at that point, I kind of word vomited, I'm pregnant. And he continued to strum the guitar and was like, okay. To which my heart continued to explode um, until he like hopped off the railing and came over next to me and held my hand and was like, okay, what are we going to do? Or what do you want to (laughs) do? And so here's the thing. Babies are a big deal, right? Like, they're life-changing, and you have to shift everything, and you lose your independence maybe a little bit, freedom for sure. Um, And so this was obviously a big decision. Um, For me, on the scale of things I didn't want to do, I'm just going to be real with y'all, I didn't want to have a baby, but I really, really, really didn't want to have an abortion. And Chris was a really good guy, and I have a condition that usually leads to infertility, so the fact that I was pregnant anyway was kind of a miracle, so we decided to go for it, and obviously I'm leaving out some details here, but one of the big details I'm leaving out is that Chris was also in the delayed enlistment program. He had signed up for the Navy in May. We started dating in July. I was pregnant in August. We got married in September, and in November, he was supposed to leave to go to basic training for six weeks, and then go to A school for six months. So that's not a lot of time together (laughs) in a relationship, but we were optimistic. (laughs) So we decided we would figure it out. So you decide you're having a baby, and then you have to decide a fuck ton more things. And so we had a lot of conversations about what we were doing and how we were going to do this, and was I going to move to D.C. where he was going to be in A school, or stay in Boston, or... I don't even know. And were we going to get married was a big topic of conversation, which is so romantic, by the way, discussing that. (sighs) Uh, So for me, up until this point, I've never really been one of those people who had to get married. In fact, it scares the shit out of me. My parents were divorced when I was five. My mom's married for the third time. I don't know. I just kind of like doing what I'm doing. And I think that we're humans and we evolve and we change. And sometimes we want different things. And to promise someone forever when I didn't really feel like that's something I could do or, you know, was realistic, that felt kind of shitty. But I needed health insurance. (laughs) 
Yeah. Ah, this is before Obamacare. <laughs> but again, he was a good guy, too. So we decided to do it. Get married, I mean. Obviously, other things, too. Um, and then Chris left, right? So we flew to Savannah, Georgia. We eloped. Sorry, Mom. We got married, came back, moved into an apartment, lived together for three weeks, like all normal couples do. And then he left for eight months. That was a really interesting time because so much was changing. We were obviously in the very beginning of our relationship, and it was certainly unique. I was figuring out how to live amongst my friends as the only person who was pregnant and then had a baby because in Boston, 24 is really fucking young to have a child. You know, our marriage, we really based it on hope. Like, we hoped that we would be together. We hoped it would work out. And we felt like the only way we could actually give it a shot was to get married, right? If we wanted to date and be together, the Navy needed to see me as a human being. And to do that, you have to be married. (laughs) So we were separated. And in that, it's really hard to trust someone when you're far away and in a new relationship. And when you're sitting at home with your baby and your husband. Husband, that's funny. Is that a bar? It just doesn't, like, add up. And so I had some trust issues, and later on I learned that I was totally in the right to have those feelings because your intuition is always right. (laughs) But when I learned about them, I decided to work through it, a.k.a. ignore it, um, and hope that it would get better when we were together because you have a baby and you try to make it work when you have a baby, right? So we had another baby because that seemed like a good idea. (laughs) And so we moved to Norfolk. Chris started doing underways, so he would be gone like two weeks a month, and I would be here, and it was sort of like one thing after another, so we were constantly in transition, so he would leave and come back, and leave and come back, and then last March, he left for deployment, and for those nine months, I decided that I was just going to do me, right? I was going to do what I wanted to do, trust slash numb myself Um, enough to not care about what else was going on and just do all the things that I wanted to do and loved. So I started writing and I started getting published and I started coming here to this magical place and meeting some beautiful people and making connections and life was just fucking excellent. When Chris came back, it was, again, one thing after another. It was Christmas and then in January, I told him that I wanted to separate. And I think that, you know, I always knew that was going to happen. And sort of doing all of the things by myself for nine months, I relearned that your intuition is always right, as I mentioned before, right? So, like, I knew that was going to happen. And I learned two other things, which I wrote on my hand. (laughs) Um, One of them is that I really had to let go of all the, like, supposed-to-do things. So, like, when you're growing up, you're told that you're supposed to get married and have a baby and stay together and make it work and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes it doesn't fucking work, and that's okay. And I think it's okay to let go of the shoulds and not should on yourself all the time. And the third thing, yes, the third thing is that sometimes, right, your intuition tells you something, and we ignore it anyway, and we set ourselves up for failure. And I think that's okay because we're humans, and we get to fail, And we can make it up as we go along and course correct, and you just make the best of it. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Um, So here we are. So now I'm separated, and I think that, you know, you say, I said yes to this whole situation. And I'm so glad I did because I wouldn't be here, and I wouldn't be doing this, and I wouldn't have two beautiful children or, you know, I'm actually lucky because my parenting partner, 
he's awesome, just not for me. So if you want his number, let me know. <laughs> um, so overall, if this is failure, it's going pretty well. I think that the only person you can really say hell yes to is yourself, and then figure the rest out. So I'll take some more failing, please. If you'd like to come out and tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. I'm Deb Markham, producer of the show. Our live host is Brendan Kennedy. Amber Nettles, Evan Hartley, and Scott Rose provide production assistance. And Jenny Zell serves as our podcast consultant. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.